I think another thing that we've done since almost the beginning is we pay ourselves a salary just like any other employee. So the business has to learn and adapt to covering our salaries. Yeah. And yeah. our salaries are based on what we think our worth is. So, you know, it, so we, our salaries fall into that overhead. And then if there's profit at the end of the year, that's ours too. But you kind of have to plan on paying yourself through the whole thing, not just hope there's a profit at the end that's going to pay you. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today, I have got with me, Michael and Linda Olin from Olin Roofing. And we're going to find out there. It's actually two different spellings. It sounds the same, two different spellings. We're going to find out about that today. And then also joining me is Adi Kaskavalsian, my business partner. And I thought I saw Michael and Linda at an event a few weeks ago, and we were chatting in the bar and they've been clients for quite a while now. And we had a fun conversation talking about, you know, husbands and wives working together. And then I heard a little bit more about their story. And I thought, wow, they would make incredible guests because they've been doing this for a while. And they have, not to embarrass anybody, but I think they're doing very, very well. Let's put it that way. I think <laughs> when we say wealthy contractor, here's two more that we could, you know, put into that bucket. And so I asked them to come on and have a conversation. I want to learn more about how they started, how they stay married. <laughs> I kind of have a couple of ideas on that, how they stay married and how they've, you know, grown a business that's allowed them to do fun things and basically not have to be there all the time. So Michael and Linda, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. So who wants to tell us the story of Olin Roofing? The story of Olin Roofing? Well, I mean, the name. We'll start well, with the no, name. First, let's go. Let's start with the, the beginning you know, was this a business that you were in before you met Linda? Did you start the business together? Give us kind of the history. I was um, in business myself before I, I met Linda. Started out right out of high school. Kind of the uh, the wild west in your youth, as, as it always is. Linda was probably the one that once we were dating, got married, that kind of would tame me down so that I'd be uh, a responsible businessman, let me say. And then she probably early on took control of running the office and, and, and took the reins. I, I did the sales and the inst in, on the installation side, I ran that part of the business and she ran the office. So it, it was kind of a, it was a team, but it was a separate team. So one was in the office and one wasn't in the office. So it worked quite well that way in, in regards to 
You had a chance to miss each other? Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> to keep our relationship, let me say, in the good runnings. <laughs> uh, sometimes that overlapped at night, it still does. Yeah. Um, overlap <laughs> at night or overlap in the morning when, you know, you're on personal time and all of a sudden business encroaches still. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, tell us what Olin Roofing, well, let's talk about the name for a minute. So your last name is O-L-E-N, but the Perfect. business is O-L-Y-N. So so it's the O from my name and yeah. Lynn from her name, from her name, which gets, as I presented to a lot of my clients, gets a lot more billing than I do. Nice. Okay, <laughs> cool. So now we know. Now we yeah. know. Now we know where the name comes from. All right. Tell us about the business today. How many people, about how many projects will you complete this year or in the last 12 months? We have 22 employees as of right now. It's growing. We have ads out everywhere as usual. And the business right now, we have over a million dollars in backlog probably will complete about 400 jobs this year. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And we do get, it's um, probably about 67, between 67 and 70. Today, a bunch of stuff came in. So go 67 to 70 jobs to actual jobs to do. Wow. Cool. And so your business is in Norwood, Massachusetts, which is outside of Boston. Correct. Where are you guys today? Today, we're in Fort Lauderdale. You're in Fort Lauderdale, but your business is in Massachusetts. How does that work? Well, thank God with internet and Zoom, and I mean, you don't have to be hands-on anymore. Most people think that they need to be. I think it takes a little while to transition yourself from being in your business, as, as you well know, and as you, as you preach, to working on your business. We've been fortunate enough probably in the last 10 to 15 years to be able to kind of step back. I mean, the business now is 47 years old. We've been able to step back and enjoy the fruits of our labor. We do a lot of traveling now. We, we spend a lot of time now in Florida. Cool. That's awesome. You have an apartment up there, right? We do. Yeah. We do. And I think EOS has helped a lot with that. It's made the P the other P managers responsible for doing the things they're supposed to be doing instead of us having to stand over them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. What are let's go back. So the business has been around for 47 years. 29. He said 47, didn't he? Well, 47 going on 48. 47 going on 48 yeah and so let's kind of go back to kind of the early years you michael you were in the field i would imagine you were selling and were you also in charge of production i was i was even on the production crew for quite some time i'd, I'd sell probably in the morning and i'd stop by and oversee some of the crew, which kind of got a little tumultuous, let me say, because I'd show up at two o'clock and start pushing. Yeah. You know, as any business owner did early on, but was able to step back from uh, production and then step out of the step away once we put team members in place in, in regards to running production and overseeing sales. Yeah. So 
while you were doing that, Linda, you were managing the office, but were you also managing marketing at that time as well? I'll be honest, the, in the early years, we didn't do a lot of marketing. It was just a couple of ads in local newspapers and things like that. So yeah, I kind of just took care of everything. We had a bookkeeper, but other than that, I answered phones. I just ran the office completely. So Michael, you started to mention how you were able to start stepping away from selling, away from production. What allowed that to happen? Hiring new team members to run production, hiring new sales, somebody to run sales. Right now, I mean, I don't even run, I don't run the sales meetings any longer. I don't need to. I have qualified people in place running running both departments. But early on, how were you able to make that? That's a tough transition for a lot of people to make is how do I get out of the field, which is really kind of working in your business to how do I start to work more on my business so I can grow it? Well, I kind of got a knock on the head when I fell one day. He gives you a wake up call real fast. Was Linda involved in that knocking, you know, <laughs> knocking on the head? Uh, well, sort of, actually yeah. sort of, because that's when I stepped in and said to him, this is why you can't do both. And this is why we need to start using subcontractors to do some of the work. Because if you can't be there running the crew, then we still have to have crews running. Mm-hmm. So I did step in at that point and kind of, Got it was an idea I'd had for a while, so I kind of got my way on that. How many years into the business are we talking now? Probably about twenty years in. Oh wow, twenty years in, yeah. and that's yeah. when. So for the first twenty years, it was really it was you guys doing anything and everything you had to do for the business. Right. Plus, Linda was raising a family too. You know, she has is it three daughters? Four, four daughters. Four daughters. Yeah, Michael, you were going to say something. Just a, it was a, yeah, uh, it was a transition in life. Yeah. How did you? People get stuck in both in the making the decision. Okay, this is what I have to do, and then the other the other thing that's tough is how am I going to pay for it? You know, because a lot of people, as you know, in this business, barely make any money. They, they, you know, run in the, the, what we call the hamster wheel over and over again. And so how did you, how were you able to, to pay for what you needed in order to make these changes? That's a really good question. Very hard one to answer because you, you don't realize in that transition, you just keep plugging through and eventually it works. I think the the biggest transition we went from was all in-house installers to subs, and that took a lot off your shoulders and enabled you to have more time elsewhere once you were using other contractors to to do your work. And, And I hear it a lot. A lot of these companies now, you become a marketing company more than you become, let me say, a roofing contractor. Yeah. And that that's kind of where our company went. We we really. We're in the, let me say, the raving fan business. That's where we really dedicate our time to reviews, to making sure that the the teams are doing what they're supposed to be doing. 
Linda, were you, who was in charge of finance in the early days? I'm talking before that kind of that transition was made. We had a bookkeeper, but as far as making decisions on spending money, it was mostly me. I would just explain to Michael what I thought we needed to do, but I've always been both personally and business-wise, I'm the financial person. Okay, so what about then pricing back then? Were you always set up to be profitable? Yes, we were always considered the higher priced company. Yeah, and was that, a, that, that was always kind of from the beginning? Yes. It, it was definitely, yeah. Yeah, so in those first 20 years, you were making money. Yes. We, we were. Okay. Yeah, I bring that up because it's a lot of times people say, well, why do you ask such dumb questions? Well, I could ask that of 10 people in the home improvement industry and very few of them will be able to say, yeah, 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 we always make money. What I can't understand is how you go through all, how or why you go through all of this day in, day out without, let me say, a, a real good reason. And that, that, that reason is to take care of your family, take, you know, to support yourself. Yeah. Your, your family yeah. and then beyond that you know whatever you can do in the community i guess we get to a point we don't need any more feathers in our cap you know some of them might still be nice but you work to eventually enjoy your life what would you say to by the way for those of you that could see can see this on youtube you look at michael and linda and you're like the math doesn't quite work well especially with linda the math doesn't 47 years <laughs> The math doesn't quite work, but you know, you've put a lot of time into the business. So what would you say to people that are, you know, maybe in their fourth or fifth year of business, maybe they're maybe not making all of the money they could be making. What are, what's some of the advice that you would give to, to those people? Pay attention to the people that around you that have made all the mistakes the, the seminars, the events that we go to, your, your event, and there's a few others. You know, we're always still learning. And especially today in the day and age of internet, it's just, it's so fast. The information highway is so fast. But listening to your peers, joining them, joining the, the groups, the seminars, 100%, 1,000%. Yeah. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. What about tips for how to work together as a husband and wife? 
Well, we have the inside outside. Therapist. <laughs> what is it? The person you go to to yeah. moderate <laughs> and say, so, no, this time you're right, Linda, or no, this time Michael's right. Well, yeah. it'll, it'll, like it'll still test the waters. Yeah, but... we have we have an inside outside rule. Okay. So if it's in if it any if it's anything that involves inside the office or inside the home, I get final decision. And then if it's anything outside the office or outside the home he gets final decision if we can't agree okay 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 so a Wait. little explanation around there right? hold on a second because that <laughs> sounds to me like my life <laughs> is it <laughs> everything inside the house and inside the business all up to addy anything outside so yeah. like outside is so getting the garbage taken out even that seems to be like on on her telling me what to do so explain the inside outside thing to me well the way, it started actually 47 what? years you know, I know. I, it's, it's i'm almost, i'm getting there i'm i'm, I'm getting <laughs> I'm, i think i'm getting there but go on inside outside it, it probably it started before we were building our home but it really took effect when we were building our home because we would have different thoughts and decisions and especially on decorating if i tried stepping on those toes i was in trouble so she at least had to give me something so she gave me outside so you know, <laughs> okay so basically, I can get. okay so basically what we're talking about is like what i said so like what the the driveway or the grass in front of the house you get final decision on the grass yeah Right. And then everything inside the house, like financial decisions, children decisions, vacation yeah. decisions. Doesn't the grass sound real exciting? Yes. <laughs> All of that is on Linda. That's yeah, yeah. okay. That's kind of sounds like us. See, yeah. I told you, Addie. Yeah. And then as far as the business part goes, you know, again, anything office decisions, marketing decisions, financial decisions, I usually make. I mean, we discuss everything, but I yeah. usually make the final decision. But when it comes to hiring of production people and sales and things like that, he really handles, he's better at that than I am. So we, we both work off of our strong points. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. See, I get a little credit in there. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get a little credit too. Every once in a while. But no, but that's what makes a great team, you know, is being able, and not Especially only with ourselves as, right. Husbands realize that the wives are in control. I guess that's when it seems to work best. Well, we, we want to make sure they feel that way. Right. <laughs> Whatever. So, okay. So one thing I learned about Linda, and it wasn't surprising, but she's, financially you're very shrewd do you have any like tips or hints about how you become wealthy from the home improvement business i think you just have to pay attention and you have to not be afraid to spend money to make money for one i think you cannot be afraid to spend money on good employees because eventually they are going to make you money yeah. And you pay people well, they stay with you, they're loyal to you, and it all works. 
So I think that's really, really important is that you can't be afraid to spend money, to make money. Yeah. And I think you have to pay attention to what your true costs are and your overhead. People forget about how much overhead is in a business. So I think that's real important to pay attention to. Knowing your numbers. Yeah. yeah. And not being afraid to charge the right amount so you get the uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, can, you can't have a profit margin without doing that. And have you guys also over the years, you've taken money out of the business profit and put it to work in other places as well right we have yes yeah. we've we've bought some real estate some of it is investment real estate some of it's just personal real estate that will eventually become inheritances so how long ago were were you able to start to do that the investment stuff mostly started little by little the company started out is in one room of our house and eventually it just with raising young children got to be too much to have workers show up at the house every morning and things. So we bought a warehouse where that we called the shop. And so at that point, that's where everybody started to meet. So at least now just the office was in the house. And then about 10 years, I think it was in 95, I finally decided that that had to stop too. So we went to a, an auction actually and bought a condo office on auction, which Michael said, we're not spending more than X. And I kept bidding <laughs> until we got it. Yes, she did. <laughs> Has it paid off? Yeah. And it did it. pay off. And we're still in and we're still in there to this day. Really? Yeah, we started out, we were only using one floor and renting the top floor, and now we use the whole place. Wow. And then we decided to build a house and then we decided we were going to have a condo in Florida for our retirement. And, mm -hmm. and my idea was if you bought it early and got it paid off, then you could afford it while you were retired. So I always have a vision of doing things before you really need to. I like that. And where do you get the guts to do that? I don't know. I don't that's know. a that's a good question. I, I just I I mean I'm careful with money, so I just look at things and I'm always careful about how I figure it out. Yeah. I, I was so the reason I ask you that is because when you said that, when we were standing there in the bar, and when you said that, it made so much sense to me. Like you know it's gonna be you're gonna have 15 years, right? You're going to take a 15-year note. I think that's what you said. Yep. So you got between now and 15 years to get it paid for. And in 15 years, if that's when you want to retire, whenever, whatever retirement means, it's going to be paid for. It's going to be free and clear. And I thought, wow, what forethought? I, I've never really thought about it that way. But then my it always begs the question was, well, how do you get the confidence and how do you get the guts to be able to say and 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 have that vision and be able to go execute on that vision and well i i think that's part of that is probably having the confidence and knowing that 
I mean, you can work a little harder and put a little bit more money in the bank. Unlike somebody that has a 40 hour job, us as contractors, we get to run our own journey. Let me say, whatever you want to put into it, you'll get out of it. But it's the want of having to put into it. And then it's following the smarts and the mistakes that everybody else has made. So you don't, so you're not making them. Yeah. Like when you said that, Linda, I also felt like there, there was faith, you know, in taking that step, the knowing. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I watch our money very, very carefully. So I would figure out how much will it cost us a month? What will it be involved? And if I know the, the numbers work, I just take that leap of faith. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to what you were saying earlier is you understand the numbers. You know the numbers of the business. And a lot of people, unfortunately, don't. It's a tough business to get you know, to get a grasp on all of the numbers, like you were saying, overhead, your real costs for doing business. I think another thing that we've done since almost the beginning is we pay ourselves a salary, just like any other employee. So the business has to learn and adapt to covering our salaries. Yeah. And yeah. our salaries are based on what we think our worth is so you know it so we our salaries fall into that overhead and then if there's profit at the end of the year that's ours too but you kind of have to plan on paying yourself through the whole thing not just hope there's a profit at the end that's going to pay you i think a lot of people make that mistake they're, they're just looking for what what's left on the end what's left for me yeah I have, you know, unfortunately, I've got, I have conversations with people and I'll ask them, you know, how much revenue did you do? And then I've gotten, you know, I think people have gotten used to the idea of, you know, me asking them, well, okay, how much money did you make? And a lot of times, I mean, I get so many different answers. Like some people will say, well, I made $150,000 last year. Well, great. You made 150,000. What'd you pay your, what was your salary? That's after your salary, right? Well, no, no, no. My salary is in there. Okay. Well, then you didn't make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars last year, and and on and on, right? So that's really good advice. Actually, is the business needs to be able to pay you a living salary of what you're worth or what you would get paid if you went and worked for somebody else, or if you had to hire yourself in the business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of times, you might have to even pay more than you pay yourself, right, to get the talent, the quality. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask this, and I'm looking at the clock here. So, you know, one of the things I always wonder about is what's one thing, and maybe you guys can both answer this separately. What is one thing that you would do different? Knowing what you know today, what would you do different back then? Start working on your business earlier in life than, than in it. And, and we hear this preached day in and day out, but it's, it is so true that you need to, and, and I have friends in business that I, I preach this to them also. It, it is really hard to get out of the rut of running your business every day and overseeing every little piece of it. But it's also very hard to find the dedicated, trusted employee to turn it over to. Is it hard? When I hired my production manager, he thought he was going to be micromanaged, but I really, you know, maybe for the first month or so, 
kept my close eye on them, but you, you gotta let them, you gotta, to, gotta let them go and see what they can do. Who has now become my GM and, and runs the, runs the company for us. Nice. Linda, what about you? It's kind of the same. You just have to trust in people and like, and you have to know your worth. So you might not get every job, but why do you want to do a job that you're not making any money at? So you just know your numbers. I think that's the most important thing. And I think if I, we had known that earlier on, we would have done a little bit better. But I mean, we didn't do bad, so I can't say it was right. a disaster either. Right. Addie, I have one last question for them. Do you have any? Yeah, I just, so we know their secret, you know, how they've been able to work together for 40, well, maybe 30, for decades. We'll call it decades. You've been working together for decades. Now I sound old. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry about that. No, but what do you each, like, I would love to hear each of you respond to this. Like, what do you appreciate? You know, you you had other choices, I'm sure, throughout life on different ways to make money. You could have worked together or you could have worked apart, right? You chose to do it together. And so there must have been, I know there's struggles because it's not always easy, but there must also have been beautiful things that came out of it. So what did each of you appreciate, you know, throughout, you know, during this journey? What do you appreciate looking back at what you've created together? Time, time away, time together. I mean, we even at, at, at a certain point made sure Friday night was date night when, um, when the kids were growing up. Just trying to, make sure that you have your own time away from from the business from the kids just together we had you know there were getaways there were special places that we went Nantucket being one of them that was just kind of our weekend getaway you know let's go find life aside from business yeah nice how about for you Linda um I think the thing I appreciate the most is it taught our girls how to run a relationship and still be hardworking, successful people. And we always encourage them to be very independent, thinking, strong women. So I think that's the thing that I appreciate the most is that they all really learned that lesson and they're all have done very well for themselves. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, that answered some of my (laughs) last question, which was going to be like, what are some tips for working together as, as husband and wife and as business partners? And early on, Michael gave us a really good piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) But do you have any other, besides the fact that, you know, let, speaking as the, the, the man in the relationship, let them have control of everything and basically just do what they tell you to do. It's not a bad thing. I, I it's not, a, you know what, it's, there are worse things in life. It's, it's actually worked out pretty good for me too. I, I'm working on it though. You were, you're, a, you're a lot better at it than I am <laughs> uh, as it shows because you're smiling all the time. <laughs> So I'm still getting there. That's why I said to Addie earlier, look, you know, I'm getting there 20 something years. It's I'm almost there, I think. But seriously, though, I mean, 
it's tough. It's tough being in business. It's tough just being married. So any parting advice on how you've done it so well? I really think respecting each other and listening to each other and appreciating what each person brings to the table. I mean, I think that works in business and in life. And then as long as you can make each other smile and laugh. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you wander across those lines, but you got to get back there pretty quick to that neutral zone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate both of you and I appreciate your being clients for so long, but also, you know, your friendship and your support and for coming on here and sharing with us some of your insights and about your business. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I, I, you know, I want to thank you for your company. I can't tell you the, I'll give you a plug that G4 has done great things for us with the reviews and really taught us a little bit more about how to take control of that portion of our company. As uh, social media evolves, it, it's an enormous part of business today. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's done very well for us. Oh, good. Well, it's our pleasure. Thank you. Well, Abby, thanks for joining me. Michael and Linda, (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Of course. Yeah, this was fun. Good Um, to see you guys. And to everybody listening, I, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. All right, so that's it for today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. Now, before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. And a favor, I'd really appreciate it if you'd go to iTunes and post a review of this podcast. Let us know how we're doing. The Wealthy Contractor Podcast is brought to you by G4 Marketing Group, where we help contractors of all kinds create customers, keep customers, and multiply their customers and profits. If you're interested in reaching new levels of success for your company, visit www.gfourmarketing.com or just call us at 305-856-8788 to schedule your free, no-obligation, wealthy contractor strategy session. Now, during this strategy session, we're going to look at eight key performance factors in your business, and we're going to help you uncover opportunities for growth, for leads, for sales, and for profit. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing.